Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. And I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And yes, we made it, everybody. It is Friday, as I always like to emphasize. Friday's always been one of my favorite days of the week. Wrapping things up for the week, even when I worked weekends, Friday's was always a very special day to me for some reason. Well, I was born on a Friday. I guess that has a lot to do with that. But Friday just seems to be one of those days that everybody seems a little happier that it is here. Whatever your work situation is and whatever your work week is like, let's all enjoy Friday. It's Open Line Friday. This is episode number 306 for Friday, March 11, 2022. Well, we have a system coming into the Ohio Valley. That's going to make life very, very interesting For those that wake up on Saturday morning in various places like Fort Wayne, Findlay, Ohio, Akron, Canton, Cleveland, Ashtabula, Buffalo, Erie, and points northeast, another round of snow coming our way. And that will do a lot to keep us pretty close to the seasonal average for the date. We'll see where we end up on Saturday afternoon when things really start to wind down little clipper system on Sunday for those of you in the Ohio Valley. We'll watch that. I don't think it's going to add much to the snow total, but it's certainly a visual reminder that we are still, in fact, in the month of March. So there's a quick little weather update for you as we head into this weekend. Well, as I mentioned at the very, very top of this program today, I have a special guest. I've known him for about four decades or so. And he certainly has had an interesting seed planted when he was in the Scouts long ago. I'm going to let him tell the story, but essentially it has to do with beekeeping. And obviously he he has just started a brand new hive in the place that they're living currently. And it's truly a fascinating, fascinating story. So coming up right after the break... We're going to meet a gentleman by the name of Neil Manasa. He lives in Northern Virginia and relocated from Ashburn, much closer to the Washington, D.C. area recently, and has now moved out into the country in northern sections of Virginia and started a beehive. And essentially, 
followed through on a seed planted a long, long time ago. I'm going to let him tell you the story and a little bit about beekeeping. Now, understand that there are an awful lot of folks who are afraid of bees, and there's really no need. As I mentioned earlier in the program, and this is a direct quote from Neil, that they are, meaning bees, they're a lot like puppy dogs, except that they live inside this little tiny body that flies around. I'm going to let him explain to you not only the benefits of bees, but also the docile nature of bees and how those bees simply could not have evolved. They were designed in a grand scheme. I know you're going to enjoy the conversation. That's coming up. Don't go away. We're going to have that conversation with Neil Manassa from Northern Virginia coming up. Neil, welcome to Weather Jazz. Well, thanks for having me. I hope I can uh, be interesting for you today. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, you know what? I suppose that uh, there could be a lot of puns here today, I suspect. Yes, there could be. be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, no. Here we go. Um, Well, this is something that was planted uh, in and germinated 50 years later. Explain, if you would, to the Weather Jazz audience what happened 50 years ago uh, to get you interested in the second letter of the alphabet. Sure. 50 years ago, I was a Boy Scout and uh, off my way to becoming Eagle. And one of the merit badges I, I wanted to get was beekeeping. So there was a man in my church who was a, a master beekeeper and that's all he did for a living was, was have hives and he would pollinate uh, cranberry, uh, cranberry bogs in, in the spring and summer. And he took me under his wing and he gave me a hive. I had a hive for, um, almost two years and he would come over, mm-hmm. open the hive and show it to me. And I would accompany him on uh, other beekeeping tasks like capturing a wild swarm of bees. And um, so, okay, so I, life moves on. I uh, go to college. I get married. I'm, I don't have bees anymore, but it was still implanted. And mm-hmm. in, in my wife will tell you that the whole time we were married, I'm like, I'd love to have bees again. I'd love to have bees again. And she says, you know, we can't have bees. We live in an HOA. It's really congested. Uh, bees aren't, aren't going to be, uh, you know, what about the neighbors? Which is, mm-hmm. um, all good thoughts by normal people. Um, if you know anything about bees, you know that that's not really the case. That's not a, f- a factor. But anyway, here we now go 50 years later and I'm invited to move in with my brother-in-law. And my wife and I move in on his farm. He's got almost 12 acres. Perfect spot for a beehive. And so I said to my mm-hmm. wife, I'm going to have bees. And my brother-in-law says, no, you're not. We're going to have bees. So my brother-in-law ah. and I decide to split the hive 50-50. We go in. We each talk, toss in a couple hundred bucks. And um, we get a hive. And then uh, go down to the local hardware store. And they say, uh, I, they're fully stocked with keeping equipment and 
the lady there says, oh, are you new? And I said, well, yeah, I've done it before, but I'm relatively new. She puts me in touch with a master beekeeper here in Northern Virginia. And this guy is hooked on bees. He is everything you want to know about bees. And he said, I will take you under my wing and teach you everything I know. The only cost to you is you've got to do the same for somebody else down the road. So deal. So um, my brother-in-law and I make that deal. And this guy has enrolled us in beekeeping class. We go to night school one night a week. We take beekeeping courses. Uh, tomorrow we're building out bee boxes. They call that woodenware. We're going to put hives together tomorrow with about 75 other people all coming together to build boxes for bees. Now, bees are important. I mean, people don't understand mm-hmm. how important bees are. Uh, Einstein said that if bees disappeared, man would only last five more years. Wow. He mm. said, without the important function of bees. I mean, uh, yeah. bees keep plants alive. Plants keep man alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And plants keep the soil in place. Bees keep the plants going. So uh, don't ever, ever underestimate the power of a little tiny bee. You know, the Apis mellifera as it's called, which, you know, which is a bee that collects honey or bee that carries honey. Mm-hmm. So um, man's known about bees for more than 5,000 years. Uh, even in the Bible, this is the land of milk and honey. Honey, right, so, right. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, and bees uh, produce one of the most perfect foods because uh, there's a slight acidity to the honey. And uh, low water content, which means that that bacteria cannot survive in honey. Mm -hmm. So it never Mm -hmm. rots. It never decomposes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've actually opened up Egyptian tombs, found um, containers of honey, opened it up, and it's edible after 5,000 years of being stored. So it's like the perfect food. And... um, Mm -hmm. Just an, uh, I'll give you a, a couple of fun facts. Everybody knows little bears that you can buy at the, at the mm-hmm. store. This little bear right now is partially full. Honey you see in here represents about 3 million flowers. Uh, a trip by bees to about 3 million flowers. If it was wow. a pound, if it was a full jar, it'd be four and a half million flowers. But, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, Bees, I think of them as little pets. They, they really are happy. Uh, they want to do their business. Um, they're the only insect in the world that produces food for man. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really God's gift to man is this bee that will work nonstop forever and, and, and help and, and, and freely shares the surplus of its hive which is great. So and that's important. You talk about surplus here uh, because the, the bees obviously produce far more honey than they would ever need for the raising of their young, etc. Uh, far more. The, the volume is uh, truly outstanding, oh, isn't it? My hive right now um, has probably a hundred pounds of honey in it. 
the bees will need probably eight pounds of honey to get through the winter. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely, uh, as far as weather, there are four seasons a year. There are four different time things for bees to do in the in the spring, summer, fall, and winter for bees. Uh, but yes, they they consume the honey that they make. They never consume more than they make. Well, you know, a lot of times they do. You know, sometimes they have other bees come in and rob their honey stores. Mm, okay. So they have to produce much more honey than they're going to consume. <laughs> and again, they freely share it with man. Um, they allow men, mm. they don't aggressively fight the man that comes in to take the honey. Um, mm-hmm. They're very passive if you know what you're doing with a hive. Uh, I know beekeepers that they don't wear gloves. They open up the hive. Mm-hmm. They're gentle. They lift the frames out, set them aside, looking for the queen, making sure everything's all well. Take the honey out, put everything back make a log record of what they've done, not a single sting. Uh, you know, bees only sting. You know how a cat will yelp when you step on it? Bees right. are the same way. They'll sting you mm-hmm. if you've done something to them. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they won't sting you. Here's a, a little thing. If a, if a bee lands on you and you're on you know, a picnic, everybody freaks out and screams. And the best thing to do is just blow on your hand. They don't like the carbon dioxide in your breath. Oh, they will just, oh, wow. just fly away. Matter of fact, that's a beekeeper trick. They'll just, they'll just blow across the frame and the bee, just, mm-hmm. you see them all just kind of scurry away. So interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 75% of all the crops in the United States depend on honeybees. Mm-hmm. Without them, the mm-hmm. crops would fail. You couldn't, you couldn't eat a, um, an almond. Without bees involved, the uh, the almond growers, if without bees, there'd be no almonds. So, but bees are so a lot of these farmers then would have uh, bees nearby or at least a hive nearby to help. Yes, their own crops. Yes, they do. And matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, behind me, I've got uh, almost two hundred plants planted, and I'm mm-hmm. expecting a very good crop this year because I'm planting just a couple hundred yards away from my beehive. Oh, mm-hmm. these are, uh, they're so fascinating. The more I learn, the more I know that, uh, you know, people talk about intelligent design. Well, take a look at the bee and there you have your intelligent design. This is not happenstance. This is absolutely, I mean, they see ultraviolet light. They naturally see polarized, they have polarized vision, which means that they, mm. they see right through clouds. Um, mm, so wow. when they find a, a food source, they have little hairs on their eyes and the hairs on their eyes act like a little sundial. And you know how a sundial has a stake in the ground and it casts a shadow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. these, these bees, when they fly out of their hive, um, like that light behind me. Okay. That's yeah. the sun and that sun casts a shadow. And the shadow on the hair on the, the bee's eyes point to a certain location, a certain angle. The bees have a built-in GPS. They hmm. fly out. They're looking. They find. They see ultraviolet light. And just by um, uh, intelligent design, 
Uh, flowers mm-hmm. produce nectar in ultraviolet colors. Oh, so okay. These colors look like uh, like like a Las Vegas uh, neon sign that <laughs> bees are flying around, and they from the sky can see these bright bright flowers. They come down, and they assess the flower. They say, "This is amazing." They fly back now. The little hair on its eye tells it, okay, um, I flew at this angle from the sun. I, I came mm-hmm. out of the hive. Oh, okay. The sun was right there and it cast this shadow and here's the angle. It goes back to the hive and does this dance. And the, and so it, the bee travels around. But the first thing it does is it draws a line the exact same angle Mm -hmm. that that shadow on its eye from the sun cast. So Mm -hmm. it, you know, um, you know, as kids, you, you take a, a a soda bottle and you blow across it and you, you make a hum, a tone. Mm -hmm. They do the same thing on the bee comb. They find an empty comb and they rub their wings and legs and they make a tone that says, Hey, pay attention. Bees ah, come around, okay. they give off a pheromone, uh, a chemical odor. The bees now say, Oh, this is food. Okay. We're about to be told something. The bee dances that angle that says, here's the angle, get out of the hive. Here's the angle. Mm-hmm. And then as the type of dance they do says how close it is. If, oh, okay. If they do a circle, it's far away. If they do a figure eight, it's pretty close. If they dance for uh, one second, it's 80 yards. If they dance for two seconds, it's 140 yards. It, it, so they have a, a perfectly timed dance because their GPS says, I know where it is, I know how far it is, and I know what it is, and I know the quantity of what I found when I got there. So if mm-hmm. you... It's very interesting. If you, you you do an experiment, you take a little drop of honey and you you put it on the back porch and you put a plate out and you put a drop of honey on there. And you watch a little bit later, a bee might land on that. Take a sip, fly away. Ten minutes later, there's three bees there. Ten mm-hmm. minutes later, there's twenty bees there. <laughs> They're all flying right. back, giving that little mm. dance. Giving the GPS mm-hmm. coordinates, and the whole troop is dispatched to go get that honey. It's 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 fascinating. Now that has to be done in fairly short order because obviously the sun angle will change with time during the day. Do they take that into they, account somehow? They do. They take mm-hmm. that into account. They they automatically adjust for the the, the oh. passing of time with the sun across the sky. Wow. So if it takes them wow. twenty minutes to fly back to the hive, um, mm. they adjust their dance for a different angle. Always know this is how you have to fly right now. Get out, and mm. so a beehive will have um, in the peak of the summer is is the strongest when the hive is the strongest. It'll have 50,000 bees, up to sometimes 60,000 bees. 95% of them are female. So a uh, okay. beekeeper refers to the hive as, these are my girls, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, all, mm-hmm. they're all female. There's only one very important female, that's the queen. 
mm-hmm. she lays all the eggs of the hive. Um, so uh, the genetic makeup of the hive is very similar, but the queen before the queen resides in that hive, uh, as a virgin queen, she comes out of her egg cell, flies outside of her hive to another area that is full of drone bees, which are the male bees. She mm-hmm. mates with several of the, the drone bees, um, collecting what she needs from them to make all the eggs for the hive. So that, that way she has the genetic diversity the oh, hive requires. Okay. Otherwise it'd be, you know, everybody would be a clone of this. Uh, every bee would be a clone of itself <laughs> and the, the hive couldn't survive. It would collapse. So anyway, the, uh, the, the queen is responsible for all the, the egg laying. She can lay up to 2,000, 2,500 eggs a day in the summertime. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, they... Uh, How is that even possible? I mean, you think of the weight involved, uh, but uh, it, which goes to show you that, uh, indeed, this was not something that that evolved with time. It was designed by a creator to all fit together perfectly. And if you don't see that as a beekeeper, mm-hmm. boy, I tell you, it's just it's never <laughs> been more evident than when you look at the bees on a sunset mm-hmm. and, and the sunset is, is catching all the, the light coming through the wings of the bees coming back to the hive at night. Because no matter what bees do, they always go back to the hive at night. The, and, mm-hmm. and remember, um, Andre, the hive is pitch black. Always. 24 hours a day, right. the hive is pitch black. So, because it replicates the inside of a tree. Ah, uh, okay. There's no light. All right. There's no light bulb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they don't do a dance yeah. and have the, the bees all do something to create light so they can see it. It's all done by touch, sense, mm-hmm. smell, uh, pheromones, um, in in the in sound, um, yeah, a bee uh, a bee can smell five hundred times better than a human can smell. Um, mm. They they sniff <laughs> they sniff out the, the pollen, and they make their own they make their own honey, and they make a substance called bee bread. And bee bread is the pollen. They collect the pollen in little baskets, bring it back to the hives. They roll it into little teeny bee bee bread loaves. And deposit mm-hmm. this in the cells with the eggs, and actually feed it to the the larva ah, coming up. Okay, so there's so that is that's the food for the larva, right? right. And and mm-hmm. honey, they'll they'll feed the, the larva honey as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty darn cool. We're going to stop our conversation right here, but we'll pick up with that conversation in part two on Monday. That'll be episode number 307, our wrap-up with Neil Manasseh and his adventures with beekeeping and a brand new hive. And we'll try to keep up with him during the year and periodically have him back. And we'll see how things are going in the hive and also his garden. Neil keeps a rather productive garden and by the way their gardening season is going to start up a little bit sooner than here in northern ohio so it'll be fun to see what is coming out of his garden i'm going to put some pictures on 
Weather Jazz episode number 306 of some of the plants that were going in the background as we spoke on Zoom earlier today. You'll see what he's got going on, along with some of the seedlings that are beginning to propagate in his basement and soon to find a home in the garden. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about bees, and we'll find out even more about bees on Monday. Again, a follow-up coming up on episode number 307, which I will release on Monday afternoon. But right now, it's Friday, which means I get to brag on everybody that makes Weather Jazz what it is. Those of you that support Weather Jazz make Weather Jazz what it is because of all of the tools that I get to employ in making this program sound very, very interesting. All right, special thanks to all of you that continue to partner to support Weather Jazz. They include, in the state of Ohio, Dale Osborne, Will Antonio Krause, Christine Barnes, and Rose Moore. In Florida, Bill Martin. In Vermont, Victoria Singer and Kian Galunas. And in Tennessee, Andrea Rich. There's always room for more of you who would like to partner with Weather Jazz to make it what it is. And if you'd like to join the crowd, just go to the support tab on weatherjazz.com. Not only will you see that list of names that I just read, but also how you can add your name to that list. I would love to have you come on board. In fact, one of those things that my supporters enables me to do is to keep the Weather Jazz Audience Podcast Connect line open. And that number is 234-525-5888. It's there so that you can call and give me a topic suggestion, a question that you have, or simply just to say hello and let me know how it is you listen to Weather Jazz and what you like about the program. I would love to include your audio, so think about calling the line and leaving me a message sometime in some way, shape, or form. You can also reach me via the email address weatherjazz at yahoo.com. If by chance you are listening to Weather Jazz via one of the many podcast apps out there, remember to subscribe so that that way you're automatically downloading every episode as I make them available. By the way, if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area or plan to visit or simply traveling through You can catch my 5 and 6 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online by clicking on the Watch TV tab at weatherjazz.com. Just remember, we are on Eastern Standard Time right now, but that's about to change. This is the weekend where all of our clocks move ahead one hour, spring forward, so that on Sunday morning, if you're heading off to church, you won't be late. You'll be right on time. Spring forward one hour before you go to bed on Sunday as we head into daylight saving time. So join me on Monday, episode number 307, which will be the follow-up to the conversation that we began today with Neil Manasa right here on Weather Jazz. Stay safe, everyone. Keep the snow shovels handy. And perhaps soon, those snow shovels will start collecting dust as we head into the gardening season. Take care. See you Monday. Weather and science across the globe.